Welcome to this special episode of Turning Laps with Mr. Smiley. This special staff spotlight episode features Jason Olson and Woody Rob Degenhardt. Stay tuned for that story, folks. The green flag is waving. Turning Laps with Mr. Smiley starts right now. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in once again. I am Mr. Smiley from Edmonton International Raceway. I want to say thank you to everybody who's tuned in so far. So far, you're making this podcast a huge success. Keep spreading the word, everybody. The more shares, the more likes, the more people tune in and listen to this podcast, the more audience I build. And as soon as I build more of an audience, I will go to a video format, which is going to be really exciting. I've been asked to do video. So I'm waiting until I get enough listens and enough followers. Then we're going to have a video podcast. It's going to change from audio to video. So that's coming in the future. But thank you to everybody who's tuned in so far and has made the podcast such a success. This special episode of Turning Laps with Mr. Smiley features some unsung heroes of the racetrack. First up on this special episode of Turning Laps with Mr. Smiley features a former race team owner and a race team sponsor. You see him out on race nights. He's wearing a hat just like Jack Roush. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jason Olson on the other end there. Hey, Jason, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing just well. Are you, Mr. Smiley? Hi. Hey, man, fantastic. I can't complain. Nobody listens when I do anyways, right? Nobody around here either. That's the way that it goes. And how did you get involved at Edmonton International Raceway? Well, it's kind of weird. Um, I saw an ad on Facebook by Loretta looking for volunteers. And actually, they were looking for a MC slash DJ at that time. And <laughs> I swept my name I in. And that ad. Her and I met in the McDonald's on the west side of Edmonton in March of that year, just before COVID hit. And then, of course, COVID hit. Uh -huh. And then she totally, 100% totally forgot about me, which is not a big deal. And I emailed back and forth to her, and then we started the season up. And then she realized, I cannot walk up that flight of stairs. Yeah. <laughs> right. Goes, That's a lot of stairs, man. Yeah, there's a lot of stairs there. She goes, yep. I'll find a place for you, and I will have you here. Because I know you're a huge race fan, and you and you have been for a long time. Mm -hmm. And this is what you want. And I said, yes, this is what I want. So she found a place for me, and I'm working, uh, you might as well say, security between the old grandstands and new grandstands. And honestly, I would, like I told her at the very first time I met her, I said, I'll do anything that you want me to do. But she said, you know, you got to walk her. I'm like, so? I'll do it. I don't care. What do you need me to do? And, and that's kind of how I got involved with the test drives. Iron Mike, he uh, 
was away for a weekend and she needed some extra help one weekend for test drives. And actually my, my wife, Nancy, who supports me in doing all this, and I, I love her for it. She, I said to Loretta, yeah, I'll do it. Let me know when. Two years now. Yeah, I seem to remember the weekend that time that Mike was away. Yeah. And you came filling in for him. Yeah, I remember that. I, I, and honestly, that first weekend, I felt so out of place. I didn't know what I should be doing or what I should do. Uh, Same with my first time working the test drive. I, 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 I was so lost. Uh-huh. Right? You know, and now it's like second nature. It's like, you know, and I look so forward to every test drive night now and every race night that and test drive day that it's just i i wake up at my house here at 5 30 in the morning so i can be at the racetrack for eight if i leave the house at 6 30 in the morning i get the racetrack by eight o'clock and i'm there until well what time do we end at night 9 30 11 saturday yep. nights right yeah sometimes yeah because i i love the sport so much but honestly what i'm doing now i absolutely 100 percent love what i do like I said, i've seen lots of big changes i know lots more big changes are coming in the way of our track and I, I absolutely love it i love sharing the love of my sport on the friday nights saturdays before races sundays uh during the test drives and stuff like mm -hmm. that when we when you and i do work test drives together <laughs> i love sharing my love my sport with somebody that's never experienced anything like this before mm -hmm. somebody that's never been strapped tight into a race car and like when i strap people in like i tell everybody and i'm i'm reefing them down as tight as they can i can possibly get them and they're like oh boy that's tight i'm like you know what i used to own a race team my driver used to be 16 years old i strapped him in i made sure he was nice and tight right now you sir you're my driver or you ma'am you're my driver and i'm making sure you're nice and tight and you're safe to go out onto this track yep and just sharing the the, the love and passion i actually have for this sport i get excited when race season starts i get start getting excited here at home sunday friday night if i'm not out of the track um for friday test drives i'm all pumped up like I said, Saturday morning, I get up 5.30 in the morning, have my coffee, hit the door by 6.30. If I need to pick somebody up, I do. I'm at the track by 8 o'clock, and I'm sitting there doing whatever is necessary and hanging out, waiting for everybody to come across track so I can start sharing my love of the sport and going whoop, whoop, when Ron asks for a whoop, whoop. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. And oh, then yeah. just hanging out and, like, during race times uh, on a Saturday when and then that's it's racing and either before the race are happening start and the crowds coming in and I get to sit there and I get to talk to people and I get mm -hmm. to just converse with different people and there's I'm gonna say there's probably hundreds of people names I cannot remember but oh, I yeah. recognize their faces and they always oh, yeah. and they say hi to me and they say oh you're back i'm like where else would i be you know it, it, it's it's my second home it's my happy place mm -hmm. it's my ultimate love if my wife hears this or sees this i know she's going to get pissed off but racing's number one if she works really really hard she'll become number two 
that's, that's <laughs> what Richard Petty told his wife. We've been working the test drives for, you know, about a year and a half now together. Yep. What's been the best part of working the test drives? What stands out the most in your mind? Was there a, a, a person, a, a, something that happened during the, during the, like, during the test drives? What stood out in your mind? Unfortunately, I got to miss the 90, 96. 96. Oh, Gigi, that, that 96 year old lady. Yeah, she was unfortunately, fantastic. I got to miss her. Oh, yeah. But the biggest thing that stands out in my mind, there's two things I have to say. There are two things. One, now that I'm working up front of the line, and my job is just to get the draft getting ready for the drivers to be actually on the track instead of going mm -hmm. to the next staging area. It's trying to keep the drivers calm, trying to keep them focused and yeah. ready to go. And yeah. tell them and give them the encouragement that, yes, you can do this. Yeah, because they're nervous as anything. Oh, yeah. They are absolutely scared. Shitless, sorry. Oh, it's okay, man. This is this isn't PG thirteen, so don't don't yeah, worry about the, it. I the, mean, the, you can't get a needle. They up are petrified. Oh hammer. yeah, you cannot get a needle up their butt with a jackhammer for a lot of them. Oh, Other yeah. ones are so excited that you have to calm them down. Yeah. So seeing the, the, those two different things, those the, the, the two different ways, and others are just so calm. It's like, okay, well, are you ready for this? So that, that'd be number one. Number two is when they get out of the car and they go, I can't believe what it's like driving those cars. Yeah. The, how, how difficult it is driving those race cars, how hard it is, yeah. and the excitement and the smiles that they have on their faces. You cannot put that into words. You cannot express how good that makes people like you and I feel yeah. and then the compliments they give us on top of all that because yeah. we're just there doing yes it's our job but it's also our love we, we love what we do yeah yep. you have to admit and oh, all dude. of us down there in that pit we love what we do all of us that volunteer for Loretta we love what we do yep it's our love and our passion for our sport and when we get to share our love and our passion with our sport and they take somebody takes it in and accepts that and you can see the expression on their face and everything else on them to me that there's no better high i see them coming right off the track and they say one of two things to me one they say it's not as easy as it looks when you're sitting in the stands and then two is i need to get enough laps not long enough yeah. i need more i need more well yeah. that, that's what we say come out and race with us yep. we want you to come out and race especially the people that really do good and that run really goes faster for these people and they just go right on those are the ones we want to get it get out to the yes. track put you into a race car get out there and run yeah absolutely anybody i can talk to about test drives about the racing i don't care where i'm at what i'm doing if somebody asks me what I do during the summer or whatever, I tell them where I'm at and what I'm doing. I talk about test drives. I talk mm -hmm. about the track. I talk about yep. panties. I talk about the races. Anybody I can go out there to me is one extra fan. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be necessarily be a fan. It could also be another driver. Yep. The more drivers, the more fans. The more fans, the more drivers. It's a trade-off. Yep. yep. 
So the more fans that we get in the stands, the more drivers are going to show up. The more drivers are going to show up, the more the better the show on track is going to be. That word's going to get around. More fans are going to show up. And yep. that's the whole point. We want to grow. What was the highlight of this race season for you? Pinties. Pinties? The return Pinties. of Pinties. Yes. That was my first time I've been to a Pinties race. I had so much fun. There, people were trying to, after we opened up the gates and stuff like that, people were getting lost where they were sitting. So I took upon myself to get all the different color wristbands for all the different people and send them to the different areas. Mm -hmm. And I sent my wife up into the area where I normally sit and work. Mm -hmm. And so I was showing people all into the areas and I was walking around without my walker. And I'll honestly admit I could barely move for three days after the fact. <laughs> you were just running off of the crowd and the adrenaline. Oh, and yeah, everything. I was just running off pure adrenaline. I could barely move for about three days after the fact, but one yeah. it was so one hundred percent worth it, and I'll yep. do it again in a heartbeat. Yeah, that was a that was a very long day. That was a long week. That was a a long week of track preparation to get ready for for the show on that Saturday night. And I'm yeah. telling you, the racing, the Pinties, they put on a fantastic race. Yeah. was so glad to see that the fans got into the race yeah. the way that they did after this two, two three-year absence, you yeah. know, to have them come back and to know that they're coming back next year too. That's even bonus, you know, can't wait. You and I were lucky along with some of the other people that were there early in the morning watching the Holler Parade finish at the racetrack. Oh, yeah, that was, that was cool. Oh, you're 10 feet away from those tractor trailers pulling in. They were so gorgeous, and I was so lucky. My oh, yeah, you were standing there taking pictures. I had to run inside and get some stuff on the go, man. We had to, we had the stencils to do on the grass and everything. So yeah. you got to enjoy the last little end of the holler parade. I was had to work to do. And my wife and I stayed at the hotel where two of the haulers stayed at. And I actually yeah, you, had yeah. breakfast with the crew members of two of the drivers. Mm-hmm. I feel so privileged that I got to do that. That being an ultimate race fan, that's like that's like being a member of a NASCAR race team. To be working behind the scenes, you know, because you you ended up coming out to the uh, the barbecue the Friday before the Pinties race. Yep. that was just so like there wasn't a lot of fans that showed up, but the fans that did show up, they were treated to some entertainment and drivers actually came and they spent time. We, I interviewed some, some not only local drivers, but Chantal Kalika, Brett Taylor didn't get a chance to talk with LP Damu Lin because his plane was late. So he did, he arrived at the very end where we had to tear down and get everything back to the racetrack because we had to race that night. The lo our local people were racing. So I was like, Oh man, what like an entire week was such a blur. The world wind of a week but to see the haulers go into town and and to see the fruition on that saturday was just fantastic oh. so the pinties was your your biggest highlight how long let's go all the way back prior to edmonton international raceway i know you did some you sponsored a legend car and you were an owner of a legend car yes how long ago was that where were you guys racing and did you ever race down here at edmonton international raceway Okay, so I've been involved in the sport in one way, shape, or form, or the other since I was five and a half years old. I'm getting close to being 52 years old now. Okay. Um, I remember watching the very first ever flag flag coverage of the Daytona 500 in 1978 with my dad. Same. 
my dad's a racing nut and he has been since forever back first time i built my first nascar race engine with my buddy where i in the little town I grew up called crescent bc in kitchener bc area uh, 1987, 88, mm. we ordered all the parts. We could actually build a NASCAR race engine and put in my buddy's 75, 76, Chevy short box 4x4. I put myself into the first race car in late 1989, mid-1990 in a little speedway that no longer exists called Cranbrook Raceway in Cranbrook, B.C., a little bit east of Kimberly, BC, which mm-hmm. it's now condos turn into condos. <laughs> I used to help my really great friend that I grew up with tune his cars, build his cars, build the engines, build the transmissions, differentials, set up the tire pressures, tire sizes, you name it. I pretty much did it all. And then I had spent quite a few years out of racing i've watched it on tv a lot i'll admit that i watched it forever every weekend as much as i could but i was a member of the canadian forces so i wasn't allowed to race when i was in the army and then my ex-wife she did not like me having to do anything with motorsports so i found a new wife and my new wife actually <laughs> very appreciated of it and after i got my ex-wife and i separated in 2003 i started getting back into motorsports again started by building demo cars and hot rodding engines and stuff and then my current wife and i we used to volunteer at height motor speedway up at height in around grand prairie uh, area just north of grand prairie there right uh we volunteered there before her and i got married and we actually got married at that racetrack mm-hmm. but we renewed our vows at our racetrack this year right right 17 years Yes, sir. Congratulations once again. Thank you, sir. Um, And then in 2008, my wife and I, we started our own company. And once we started making a little bit of profit, we actually started sponsoring race cars and races. My Mm -hmm. next door neighbor had what's called an IMCA street stock. And we started by sponsoring him. And one of my best friends and his son were racing. They were called mini stocks at the time up in Grand Prairie, which is very similar to our pier stocks, only they run streets racing sucks up there. Or at least they did at that time. And so we started sponsoring him and his son. And then he phoned me up one day and said, hey, do you want to sponsor a race? I said, sure. What's in it for me? And so he told me, and I said, okay, yeah, I'll do it. Uh, here, here's some money. I'll sponsor the race, not a problem. And because we did that, we, my wife and I also decided to throw a barbecue in the middle of pits the Friday before the race weekend. And we invited all the people we were sponsoring. At that time, we were sponsoring five different cars plus the race. The racetrack gave us a bunch of free VIP passes. We invited all them down. We invited all our friends and family down in the middle of pits. And we had a great big barbecue in the middle of pits for all our drivers. Everybody we sponsored, everybody that was coming to the race had never been to a race before, the whole nine yards. Right we up. supplied all food, all, you name it, for, by the time all was in about 80 people. And then, so my friend and his son, they had two really, really great cars, beautiful race cars. And they both know really, really knew how to drive. And unfortunately, 
after the race weekend because the race is Saturday and Sunday up there. They both got disqualified after the final Sunday event. And so they lost everything and all their points and everything. And my friend, Gary is his name. Um, he said, my son said, want to sell a race team. I said, let me know how much. I'll buy it. <laughs> Hello, let me know. I'll buy it. But four days later, phone me up and said, get your butt to my race shop here, team owner, and get my these cars fixed up and going faster because we need to win some championships here. That's how I became a team owner. What was the most challenging part? Actually, one of the most challenging parts was my younger driver trying to keep him sometimes motivated, especially when he had a <laughs> girlfriend. <laughs> Yeah. Focus on the race, bud, not the girlfriend. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, then we continued and we won the track championship in, up in Grand Prairie again in 2013 for Legend Cars. My company was the very first ever sponsor of Legend Car Racing in Grand Prairie. feel very, very proud of that. I can actually say I'm a three-time championship crew chief. How many people get to say that? I'm a three-time championship car owner. How many people get to say that? It's a lot of hard work. And one thing I found when, like I said, my, my business was something totally different than actually racing. But since I was sponsoring cars and I was sponsored races, and then when I took over the race team and everything, I myself, personally, as a company, I got to write off every penny I spent on the race cars as a tax write-off. That's right. Because it is advertising expense. That's your marketing expenses. Oh, it, it's the cheapest type of advertising expense there is. It is. For a couple hundred dollars, put your name on the side of a race car, and thousands of people throughout the summer are going to see that name. Or you sponsored the race, and you get your name in the newspaper or, or on the radio or whatever. Or, you know, sponsor a billboard. Everybody gets to see your name every weekend on top of the PA system and everything else. That's right. Everybody gets to know your name. It's the cheapest form of advertising there is. You look at radio spots, they're what, 1500 bucks a month? Now. Oh, they're astronomical, astronomical, and forget about the cost of, of TV and even streaming services. Yeah. You know, they're, yeah, the cost of advertising and marketing a business is out to lunch. Motorsports is the most affordable way from the small business of like the home base business people all yeah. the way up to a humongous multi-billion dollar multi-location corporations motorsports marketing is where it is at what brought you to the edmonton area and out to eir on a more permanent basis well we pretty much my wife and i pretty much lost everything we had up in grand prairie we lost our business Due to health reasons, my health reasons, mm -hmm. um, our our house, vehicles, the whole nine yards, and we decided to move down to closer to Edmonton. Thanks a lot, Jason. That, once again, folks, was Jason Olson. Jason is right now fighting a battle with cancer once again. Myself and all the staff at Edmonton International Raceway wish Jason all the best in this battle. We hope to see you back out at the racetrack soon. My next guest is usually found in the concession stand on a race day and up in the flag stand for most of the test drive sessions, proving he can do more than just cook the best fries in the land. Presenting to you, Rob Degenhardt. 
<laughs> Rob, thanks a lot for taking out your time out of your busy schedule. I know you're, uh, it's the off season and well, you work construction in the off season and during the regular season, uh, with Ron out at the racetrack, but that's neither here nor there. We're here to talk about you and your duties over at Edmonton International Raceway. Tell everybody out there, what do you do at Edmonton International Raceway and how did you get it? I started off, well, actually, it was kind of funny. I was supposed to start off helping out on the tow truck, actually. That happened for one day, and uh, Loretta Thiering found out that I was um, capable in a kitchen and asked if I was interested in uh, coming to work in the concession. Um, that was six years ago. Next year will be my seventh season, and uh, it just came to be that I just started running it and things progressed. Now I help out. I'm a flag man, as you well know. Oh yeah. For our, for our test drives, which I, I thoroughly enjoy. I really do enjoy. <laughs> as, as you also know, I do not like to let other people up in my stand, including yourself. <laughs> I know that. I know that. It's always a fight to get up there. It's like, damn, and then he's like, then you're like, well, I'm staying with you, so I'm coming out with you. It's like, damn, I'm not going to get up and do flag standing and shit. <laughs> well, to be fair, if I need someone to stand in for me, it does have to be you. <laughs> <laughs> and I love standing in, so that's, that's, the, best part. that's, that's the best part. Concession stand at the, at the track, that's got to be challenging for you, right? Like you've got yeah. staff that you work with and all that. What's the most difficult aspect? of running a concession stand at the racetrack? Uh, I would have to say expedition. Uh, at, at some points, it really seems like nobody told our uh, patrons that there's racing on the go. They know there's a concession there, but I don't think they know that there's racing too because they just come there to eat. <laughs> so you have to be fast. Uh, sometimes... You can be dead slow at the concession, and it's like all of a sudden one person in the in the stand says, "Hey, uh, let's go to the concession and eat." And all of a sudden, you got fifteen hundred people in line. So it's <laughs> expedition is is really the thing. You really do have to be fast. These people do want to get back to their seats. They just, they want to sit down and eat. And so standing in line. Well, <laughs> to be fair, at our racetrack, the concession line is right smack at the at the fence. So yep. really do up close action, <laughs> I, I suppose. But the waiting and standing is is not good. So I would say expedition. And over the past few years, we really have learned to um, get that expedition down, keep the lines down, get the people back to their seats. I'm I'm so very proud of my staff. They're they're just amazing working with me. The young girl Janessa that helps me out in there. She's been with me for six years, and she really knows the score as well. Everybody just seems to put it in. We have a routine, and we make everything just works like a well greased machine. I'm a I guess that's my biggest challenge. Um, just getting the food out fast. All that prep work also. Uh, that's ours. Yeah, I start a lot earlier than most people, as you as you know. Like, I mean, I do uh, test drives often on a Saturday morning kind of thing, and mm -hmm. then I jump straight into uh, concession work by noon ish, we'll say. And uh, and gates don't open till four, so that's a it's a good three and a half four hours of prep work that goes into it. 
and then once those gates open up, it's it's game time, and it doesn't stop. Sometimes, well, I'm a smoker, and oh, so yeah. I, like, I like to have my chance to go out and have a smoke. And sometimes there's there's a good three to four hour stretch. It's straight line up, and there's no chance to even get out of there. Having to ask, you know, other other staff at the racetrack like yourself, and many of our volunteers that that will come out to be able to go and grab product from me from freezers and what have you just in order to keep it going because mm -hmm. sometimes i actually get stuck on a deep fryer and i don't move <laughs> how about not sometimes about 99 percent of the time you're glued to that deep fryer man I, but, I, hey, I certainly am kevin yes i certainly am but been voted best fries in the land that is true that apparently ended up in one of loretta's emails i think right after my first year being there. Apparently we have the best fries in the land. What did you think of the Pinty series this year? Because they were away for a few years because of COVID. I thought it was an amazing comeback year. Uh, I know you know <laughs> how I felt about it. <laughs> yep. Um, I don't know how the viewers feel about this, but I walked into the concession when those cars started firing around our track and I have to run right by the front the, the front stretch when yep. I'm going to grab my stock. And you hear those cars going by. They're so loud. You feel it in your chest. Yes, I walk sir. back into the concession. And I'm like, this is why I love race season, baby. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> race fuel in the morning, Kev. You know it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, and just, you know, it just, it, it, it you could be tired from a week's worth of work. I don't care if you put in 80 hours in one week, one walk across that front stretch, and you're alive. Just rah! And uh -huh. it just feels so good. It, you feel so alive right then and there, and you're ready to take on the entire day. I don't care if you missed 40 hours of sleep, but if you hadn't slept all week, that those cars come racing across the front of the track and you're alive when they took the first practice session early in the morning like early in the afternoon that was just ah god missed that so much i know and, and it you know for those of us that actually put in the time to that that you know all there's a lot of work to go into getting ready for pinties to come oh yeah and for those of us of that stick around and we put in a lot of hours buddy and yeah. Uh, you know when it when you, the first roar really it, it's basically you know I'll still take a paycheck but it really is the pay you need that just that roar it, it all pays off in the end and it felt you know it feels so great I I do have one complaint and it's okay if this goes to Pinty's because I'm really still upset that that Pinty's trailer did not roll in. The, the the souvenir truck. I've been waiting for a jacket for years. Pinty's was gone for two due to COVID, and I was buying myself a Pinty's hat for every year. Hey. <laughs> so they better roll out that souvenir truck because I got now I have to buy four. Buy <laughs> four. <laughs> make up for the COVID years. <laughs> the year they didn't send the souvenir truck and the new Pinty's race. So that's four hats I have yep. to buy. Yeah, no. no, you're not the only one. But we heard that complaint all that that day. It was like they 
fans couldn't believe it. They were so disappointed that the, they didn't have no, the Pinty swag truck, you know? And there was no heads up. The, and there, there was, was no, no up until like maybe the week before, I believe. And uh, yeah, it, it was, it was very upsetting. last minute that, that, that we all found out. So it was like, ah, <laughs> no. Yeah, was, and yeah. I, I, I've told you and I, I've told many other people too. It's like the, you go to a racing event like NASCAR, Pinty's, what have you, you, you want to buy a jacket or a hat or whatever. Now you can very well buy this stuff online through a Pinty site or a NASCAR site, but you go, it's not, you go to talk to your friends and, and you go, Oh, where'd you get your race jacket in Edmonton international raceway when the races were here, Pinty's were down and blah, blah, blah. I bought it off the souvenir truck. It's a story. As opposed to, I ordered it online. Test drives. You started off, as we all did in the test drives, before you go into flag stand, where do you start out? Uh, I almost went to the flag stand immediately. I only did one day down on the ground. Lucky um, you. <laughs> uh, yeah, well... To be fair, the, the our flag man, Don Forth, who has been at the racetrack for many, many years. In One of the founding members. Yes, he is. And I just think he was tired of flagging. And so him and I talked quite often and stuff like that. And I did express an interest. And so basically, he just brought me up there one day and... It was actually kind of funny because he just showed me a few things here and there. He's like, okay, you got this. I thought he was standing behind me. When you I turned it. around, he was not. <laughs> that was my experience <laughs> when he trained me too. <laughs> and apparently I've, I've been doing quite well because I'm still there. And it it, it's, uh, it, it was a learning curve in the beginning, uh, oh, yeah. knowing when to throw what flag and what have you. And it's it's actually really fun having having comms on and being able to talk with everybody that's that's going going on through it. Some of it is calamity, and some of it is a lot of a learning curve too. Uh, uh -huh. Dogs on the track, you know, runaway oh, yeah. dogs. That was fun. Hey, at least we're not in those parts of the country where you get moose. <laughs> Fair enough. They're a bigger deal. No pun intended there. Probably harder to move off the track than a dog, too. I, you think? <laughs> but test drivers hitting hitting the pylons that we have out there for uh, wall safety. Um, sometimes it's fun. We, we have our fun with our counts on how many pylons are taken down in the season or how close they get. Our our um, our chief, uh, how does he say it? Uh, all knowing and all seeing, Ron. <laughs> and you know, um, actually, he seems to be all knowing, all seeing. I keep on itching and waiting for him to, you know, budge. He never does. <laughs> he's, he's he's he brushes the cones. And he goes, that's experience. <laughs> he's, I'm just teasing it a little and. You know, there there have been um, we've had our fun test drivers that put up some record laps of. Oh yes. Uh, oh, I mean the thirty six second one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Cue the, yeah. This, this is where the cue the video of Mike chasing the car. <laughs> <laughs> 
Gigi, she was and then, funny. Oh man, what a great lady she was! And she was going ziplining after, ziplining in her nineties. Um, I don't remember if you were doing test rides with us. Uh, maybe not that particular night, or you may have been there. But we had another lady that I think she was ninety six. Um, she did. She did the test drive. She did not go very fast or anything like this, but she had a bucket list. And 96 yeah, years old with a bucket list, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. But her next, what she, her, her number one on her bucket list was to go for uh, for a ride in an F-18. I'm like, you go, girl. Ah, uh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. she ended up. I think she ended up doing the uh, drive along uh, 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 as opposed to driving the car herself. Whereas the one that we had there this year actually drove the car herself. Oh, yeah. And she had a blast doing it, too. And she was, what, 86? When she was in her 90s. Oh, she was in her 90s. Okay. She was in her 90s also. Yeah, and she had a blast. She loved it. Oh, Didn't, yeah. She wasn't the fastest of the laps, but whatever. And, you know, like... like um, uh, 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 Ron always says, you know, sometimes you can be sitting in that car, you may be going 15 kilometers an hour, but you might feel like you're going 100. Yep. It's just, it's the, it, it is all about the experience. We don't, we, we would like you to go fast. <laughs> it's, more <laughs> it's more fun for us, I suppose. But <laughs> it is all about the experience for the person taking the test drive in the first place. It's it's right. about getting into the you know getting into the race suit, getting their picture taken with a trophy and a race car and all those all those stickers and the hype and the racetrack and the stands behind them and stuff like that. Sometimes that's just enough. And that's all that they're looking for is just that experience. Exactly, like the um, the one uh, the lovely lady we had this year that had um, oh uh, uh, claustrophobic issues. Oh yes, she ended up passing off her ticket to her husband, but she still took the. She still did. She the did a ride along. along. Well, did it? She took a ride along. Yeah, she took the picture in a race suit with the helmet, the trophy, all that stuff, and that was enough for her. And she gave the test drive itself to her husband. Yep, fair enough. Sometimes it's just about getting out there. Sometimes getting out of your comfort zone. I did my first test drive this year. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> and I had the pleasure of uh, having a little bit of fun with you on that one. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. I did, you know, your black flag, hurry up flag. It's, you, yep. It's just, <laughs> yep. You're, yep. you're lucky I knew it was you and it was coming anyway. <laughs> Otherwise, well, I wouldn't have been on the brakes anyway. <laughs> Yeah, we've seen it, the, the test drives is definitely an experience. I mean, we've had people that have gone really, really, really slow. And then we've had people on the flip side of the coin, like that one gentleman that took that Richard Petty driving experience from Vegas. And then he did the test drive out here. Man, that was fantastic. Like that guy, he pushed Ron, but Ron went as fast as that guy wanted to go. You know, Ron always says um, they can try. To, you know, can you, how do you get a black flag? Well, you try to pass the lead car, and Ron always says, "Well, you can try." 
You can try. Yep. <laughs> yep. How many test drives do we do in a year? 500 or so? And so mm. Ron's got like, what, 500 wins? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he always wins after, you know, he has to stay in front, which I get. We did have that one fellow that uh, he really did push Ron and he really was doing quite well. He was, he was like, from my vantage point up in the flag stand, he was coming so close to those cones. You could just see him. You could see the wind knocking him. Just the wind moving him, not the car. And it's like, oh. And, you know, after so many years of being up in the flag stand, I can usually tell which cars are going to hit hit the cones and mm -hmm. take it out. I was sure fired he was going to take one out. And, of course, on what was the second lap, the second last lap or last lap, spun out in turn four. Yep. We all, I, think, I think almost all of us pooped a little. <laughs> Oh, we were all like, oh, no, don't hit the wall. And sure enough, yeah, he did. It was like, okay. But he didn't even come close. He still didn't take out a cone. No, he did not. And spun the car. I did. I'm pretty sure he pooped a little, but yeah. either way. he. Uh, well, I know his wife did. I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> From the flag stand. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he scared his wife or whatever. But still, for all, I mean, he, he scared himself. He scared his wife. But yep. he did get the experience. And... You know, it's it, uh, the test drives are not without their complications. Oh, there no, are, they're not. They're a lot more intimidating. Some people, actually, some some people, they're all hyped to go and stuff like that. And you figure they're gonna wreck a car, hit some cones, hit a wall, or or drive two kilometers an hour because they're afraid. Yeah, it is intimidating climbing into a race car. Uh, yes, it is. That's all there is to it. You jump in, and there's nothing but bars. You know, a metal seat with a, a five-point harness, bars and metal all around you. It is not jumping into a Lexus. No. <laughs> you know, it is. It, it's different. So it, it's 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 daunting off the hop just to climb into into a car like that. And you know, a person's mind automatically thinks that they go fast because they're a race car. Well, yeah, they do go fast. But not as fast as one would think. You can, you still have to, like a hundred kilometers an hour. Oh, I'm sorry. You got to use your head. You do. You do. Uh, you know, for those people out there that, that think racing is boring, oh, turn left, turn left. You get out there and haul some less for a hundred laps. You're gonna come out hurting. Your you body's bet. gonna be sore. There's mm -hmm. g-force involved. There's trying to. Keep your head cocked to one side, hence the bar on the side that holds you from, well, falling into the passenger seat, I suppose. That's right. <laughs> Which there isn't. <laughs> well, in some classes, I suppose there's a passenger seat, but you're not supposed to be in there. No. No. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it you know, it, it, I, I really love the test drive experience. Um, I can't believe it actually took me six years to do my own. I think <laughs> I think I'm going to do one every year, or maybe a couple of years now. <laughs> I were hit to pass. <laughs> hit to pass. Yes, sir. Fans come out just for the hit to pass. Just it for is, the hit to pass. It really is my favorite. But aside from the Pinties, hit to pass is my favorite. Uh, it really <laughs> is. It's um, my first time ever seeing it. I grew up in Newfoundland, so... I, I used to watch Derby quite often, and coming here and watching Hit the Pass, where Derby meets Oval Racing is just, it's its the perfect mix for this boy. 
I love it. Um, uh, I, you remember the tire that took itself off the track. <laughs> <laughs> that was I, my yep, that was classic. I was sitting in the stands at the time with the wife. And we laughed, and there's Bruce. Come on, he's coaxing a tire to come to him. Sure enough, and he did right, right, right over in front of the truck. <laughs> around turn like, one, around turn two, and comes off the side, takes itself off the track. It's like, wow, great tire. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> there's an advertisement for tires right there. <laughs> a lot of people don't know this, but Rob's got a nickname at the track, and it's actually been given to him, and he's got a really good story to go along with it. We, his nickname is Woody. He kind of bears a slight resemblance to Woody Harrelson. And Woody, go ahead and tell the folks out there about the time you were down in Calgary. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, 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 I actually, I went down to Calgary. I took a job as a CNC operator. And uh, near me was a pub called O'Sullivan's. And so I was, I was in there having myself a drink. And this fellow came over and he's like, Woody? Woody Harrelson? <laughs> I looked and I laughed. I'm like, no, I'm wrong. No, Woody. And he insisted and insisted and insisted. And I ended up giving an autograph in Woody's name to this fellow who would insisted I was Woody Harrelson. So shortly after somebody else heard the conversation I signed a second autograph that night, and the entire staff at O'Sullivan's started calling me Woody for, well, every time I went there. <laughs> the funny thing is, is I was telling somebody um, in, in my area here of Edmonton, I was at um, Lee Gardens, actually, a Chinese food restaurant. And uh, I was sitting with this fellow, I was waiting for an order, and this fellow was saying, he's like, you know, he goes, uh, uh, I think I got into the conversation. I was talking about somebody thinking I looked like Woody. He thought I looked like Kim Mitchell, so I had to sign a Kim Mitchell autograph too. <laughs> so there's, so all you people out there, there, there are a couple of fake autographs gone out there, and yes, I signed a couple of them. <laughs> is, is that plagiarism or something? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> So if somebody out there is trying to get, is going on to eBay and trying to get a Woody Harrelson or a Kim Mitchell autograph, it may be forged. It might be not be real. It's not it forged. It's actually my signature. I'm just not Woody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say Woody. I just say, no, no, you, nice to meet you, Woody. <laughs> it could be Woodbecker for all I know, for all you know. <laughs> <laughs> and with that being said, I think we're going to end our time here. With <laughs> oh, buddy, this has been great. This has been a lot of fun tonight. Uh, thanks for taking out the time, Rob, uh, out of your busy schedule um, to have this <laughs> great little powwow and, you know, get uh, everybody out there gets to know you a little bit more, you know? Thank you for including me in your show, Kevin. I really appreciate it. It's it's, it's uh, as I said, it's you know, it's a it's a team effort, and I, 
I'm here to help the team. That's it. We're all team members. We're all working towards the common goal. Part of the pit crew, man. That's <laughs> it, man. That's it, man. Right on. Thanks a lot for your time. That, ladies and gentlemen, was Rob Degenhart. Please refer to him as Woody whenever you notice him cooking up the fries at Edmonton International Raceway in the concession stand. Or if you see him out there having a little smoke or something, he, he looks he looks like Woody Harrelson. So just give him a, hey, Woody, how are you? You know, he'd be muchly appreciate that. This is the Black Flag Disclaimer, folks. Ooh, I got to say it. I got to. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are mine and the guests appearing on Turning Laps with Mr. Smiley and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of Edmonton International Raceway, also known as EIR, EIR sponsors or racers, NASCAR, or the NASCAR Pinty Series and their affiliated sponsors. The material and information presented here is for general information purposes and entertainment only. Turning laps with Mr. Smiley name in all forms and abbreviations are the property of its owner and its use does not imply endorsement of or opposition to any specific organization, product, or service. And this is the checkered flag. Thank you to my staff spotlight guests, Jason Olson and Woody Rob Degenhardt. And of course, a huge thank you to you, the listeners and the fans. Stay tuned for the next Turning Laps with Mr. Smiley presented by Edmonton International Raceway. Lots to talk about next show with the Bush Clash this weekend. Keep smiling, everyone.